Hey, thanks for checking out this podcast from Sports Kita Wrestling. We have so much coming at you this summer, including just this week, exclusive interviews with WWE champion Bobby Lashley right here on this podcast feed. Now enjoy this week's edition of Smack Talk with Dutch Mantel. And the band is back together once again. Puccino back here with SP3 and the legend himself, Dutch Mantel. Must be Friday night. Must have been a great episode of SmackDown, or at least I hope it was because I sure didn't see it. Uh, I am uh, here in the greater Cincinnati area where we are having massive tornado warnings, and I got wall-to-wall weatherman coverage on my local Fox channel. Oh, it was great. Well, it's fantastic. Well, how was the weather? Was the weather bad? <laughs> Uh, it was pretty bad. Uh, we had a tornado war- warning for a little bit, but no touchdowns, thankfully. I caught the last four minutes of the main event, which was which was just enough to see you know Roman Reigns come back in, throw you know yeet Rey Mysterio off the side of the cage, and then put him in the cavat instead of the uh, the guillotine. They called it a modified guillotine, but it was a cavat. So that was yes. interesting. Uh, interesting change there tonight. So Roman Reigns dominates. I'm from what I could gather on Twitter, uh, Ray dominated most of the match, but. Uh, uh, Roman Reigns comes out on top. So since I didn't see most of the show, I'm going to take a step back, Sid. I'll chime in whenever I can. You can feel free to ask me my opinions. But you got a lot of practice the last two weeks while I was out with a bachelor party and a wedding. So take it over, sir. Yes. We, 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 hey, Sid, hey, hey, Sid. Yes. Before we get started, let me give you my let me give you my excuse. Okay. There was a lot of tornadoes around me too, and it was in and out. No, actually, I did miss some of it because it was just no tornadoes or anything. I just, the, the internet dropped, I guess. I just, but I saw most of it, so I probably saw the parts that I hated. I probably saw that, the parts that were good. I, 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 didn't, I didn't see. So what do, you, what do you think, Sid? Did you see all the show? Yes, I did. So I, I think it's best if we start with the main event because that's been the talk of the town ever since they made a change yesterday, putting this match on tonight's show instead of at Hell in a Cell. So yes, let's start off with this Hell in a Cell matchup between Rey Mysterio and Roman Reigns. Uh, Rey came out ridiculously hot and he was a smart babyface, which we don't always see in WWE. He used weapons right at the bell, had a steel chair. He used a fire extinguisher. He even used, used the toolbox on Roman Reigns as we running toolbox shot wasn't it yes. I think I saw that on yes. Twitter yes running toolbox to the head of Roman Reigns right at the start of the matchup as we went to commercial break when we came back he was still on offense he even uh used the steel chair basically put Roman's head in the chair and was pilmanizing him throwing him into the ring post throwing him into the cell Roman finally got the advantage got control and yeeted the first time yeeted uh, uh Rey Mysterio into the cell face first he uh, had control for a while we had the vintage roman range trash talk telling him that he's going to acknowledge him we even had paul Heyman outside the cell saying he's going to acknowledge you tonight he says that uh roman said he's the baddest man out here and he said he's going to prove it in this matchup uh ray made a great comeback using the steel chair he did a frog splash with the uh, steel chair on roman and then did another frog splash for a great near fall uh, th- but then, of course, Roman once again got the advantage, got control. He caught Rey Mysterio on a Huracan Rada and powerbombed him into the cell from in the ring to the cell cage like Dominic last week. That's- it's a- 
definitely, like we said last week, Dutch, it seemed like they had a crash pad last week. There was no crash pad for Rey Mysterio. I said that Roman on Twitter killed a father two days before Father's Day. He yeeted a yep. man into a cell, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> and, then, and then told him to have a nice Father's Day, too. So that was that was a nice touch as well. <laughs> yes. That, gave that, him was, the, that was nice. Gave the thing the about Ferrari. taking the uh, – Taking the cell toss by Ray, he can take that. Yeah, because he's he, he's that talented. He can take it because you throw him back and it's not and it's not solid. He'll give a little bit. He can catch. He's going to drop straight down. But uh, hey, the way he threw Dominic last week, that was that was impressive. I don't care what he landed on. He can <laughs> land on a damn bed. Dude, I I hold over the top. Now, I, I did see that on Twitter last week. I hope they had a crash pad out there because, my, either that or give, give that kid a bonus for taking that kind of a bump out to the outside. I mean, yeah. he got tossed like Jazz from Uncle Phil's house. Like, it was it was bad, man. He they, Yeah, that's the definition of the word yeet uh, is what he did to Dominic yeah. last week. He got tossed like a bad habit. He just, <laughs> he just sailed over that top rope. But I thought the Roman Reigns match – and, and I'm thinking, but I'm, I'm going to get off this match in a minute, but I'm thinking, what finish can they do in this that keeps the interest up for Hell in the Cell? He beat he uh, he beat Mysterio. He just beat him. Yeah. So I don't know what is I don't know what is left to do. I mean, he couldn't beat Roman, and you can't have a DQ. You got to have you got to have some kind of finish, and that just. Remember when I said, said I don't know, several weeks ago that WWE before, and I'm going to get off on, the, I'm going to tell another story, they had no patience. Well, now they have patience, almost to the point of people saying, damn, God, please speed it up a little bit. But I read a thing this week that makes sense because now Vince McMahon apparently has figured out that they don't need to have any matches without reason. Yeah. You've got to have a reason. But how can you have a reason if you don't have matches first? You see what I mean? Or interviews, you're going to have some kind of contact for... Right, some kind of like backstage. To be a reason or, to, yeah. so you, need, you need a backstory. I mean, you can put two guys in there. Yeah, you can do, do that. Uh, but uh, Raw's done that. But And I agree with Vince. You've got to have a reason for a match. So... I thought in this match they would do something with the Usos, which yeah. they didn't. Right. Which surprised me. And uh, but that story is still there. They didn't mess with that story. The, the the compartments of it are together. Nothing has changed. Jimmy seems like he's back in the. Is it Jimmy? Yeah. yeah. Jimmy J seems Jimmy. like he's back in back in the fold. And Jay, they, they haven't seen him all week. Yeah, the, the Jimmy Jimmy and, and we never found out we never found out where Jay was. Yeah. Yeah. The Jimmy was in the match you said find out where your brother is. Yeah, and he, he we Jimmy never did. Now. I'm sorry. I was gonna say because Jimmy because I, I didn't see all of the last two SmackDowns. So this to me anyway, it seemed like this came out of nowhere that Jimmy just kind of fell in line. Or did I miss something kind of important last week? Um last week we had uh Roman basically well, yeah, yeah, last week was good. 
Yeah, he gaslitted uh, Jimmy, basically, because Jay was frustrated with being caught in the middle. And he basically said, I'm sick of you, Jimmy. I'm sick of you, Roman. And he left out. He stormed out. And then Roman used that. Like, look what you're doing to your brother. You're supposed to be the older brother. Like, you're supposed to to be the one that gets him in line. He's not supposed to be getting you in line. You're better than this. We're a family. Like, Jimmy wanted to fight him. And he was like, I don't want to fight you. You're my family. What are you doing? This is about us being together. So that's why the back stake segment tonight where jimmy yeah. came in and he said you know he might not agree with you always but you're right we are family so if you need me tonight i'm gonna be there for you and roman was basically like you know i don't need you i need your brother where's your brother and he was like i haven't seen him all week and he was like well you need to find your brother he was like just worry about that and i'll worry about my business and as we saw Roman took care of business and Jimmy at the end, you know, showed love by raising his hand, but we still have that story going. So I, I like the little backstage segment that they did there. They kind of keep the wheels going, but not giving us too much. Yeah. And now it's kind of interesting because now you got Jimmy on the side of Roman Reigns, but we don't know where Jay is now. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, well now we got Jimmy and, and, and Roman together, but Jay ain't in the fold. So now we got to get Jay back. So it's like it's, it's it's a constant shuffle around, and I think eventually we'll get all three of these guys together. But we may have to get a, a Jay and Jimmy Uso match in there at some point. And I know that's, I know for a fact that's something that both of those guys want to do. Uh, so maybe they do that. I thought maybe we would see an angle like you said, Dutch, setting up something else uh, at Hell in a Cell because inexplicably they moved this match up to tonight. We have no clue why this match got moved up to tonight. I mean, storyline purposes, Ray came out and said, "Yeah, I, I can't wait anymore." But it seems really weird to take your universal title match, your main event for what was going to be Hell in a Cell, and give it away for free on Friday Night SmackDown, which I'm sure pleased USA is the fact that Fox got the Hell in a Cell match and USA didn't. And then you give us a Hell in a Cell match with commercials in it. I saw a lot of people complaining about that. How much did the commercials take you out of the Hell in a Cell moment? Uh, Me, myself, I mean... It didn't take me out at all. I'm I'm used to it anyway, so... (laughs) Yeah, because I know I'm, nothing's going to happen to that final segment anyway. Everybody knows that, right? They know it's not going to end. I don't know why commercials would take them out. Sometimes commercials are the best part, are the best part of the show. I look forward to them, but uh, <laughs> but that doesn't bother me because I think everybody knows that nothing's going to happen until it gets right at the go home hour, and then they said, "Well, they're going to wrap this up. We're going to get out of here." Yeah. Yeah, what, my what did you what what didn't you like tonight, guys? I mean, I mean, I, this yes, was the part that I really enjoyed on the show. But I got a question for you, Dutch, and you, Rick. Um, wouldn't this have made more sense if they kind of drew out the whole Usos Mysterio part and then eventually lead to Roman versus Rey Mysterio? Because we, me and you, Dutch, we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now. They have no opponents mm-hmm. for Roman, and this this story had a lot of legs to it, and they just rushed it in three weeks. It started two weeks ago when Roman beat down Dominic, and then last week Ray made the challenge and he yeeted Dominic out the ring, and now we had the Hell in a Cell match the third week, and now the story is basically over, and now they pretty much have to go back to the Usos, Ray Mysterio part of this story. Like, wouldn't that's, this have made more sense if they did the tag team feud, have Roman cost them the titles, and then lead to Ray and Roman? Just me. Oh, what about you, Dutch? No, that could that could work. I mean, a lot. This is the one thing that I find appealing about SmackDown. A lot of different scenarios will work at this point because they have 
feelers and fingers and arms and legs leading off. These angles are multi-faceted, I guess. I mean, you would never talk that way in a creative meeting, but you could almost go anywhere with it. And uh, what did you just say, the tag team? What was that idea you just had? Well, about the Usos and Rey Mysterio, they could they they could have had the yeah. Usos, you know, win the tag team titles by Roman costing the Mysterios and Roman beat down Dominic afterwards, and then we lead to Roman and Ray, you know, either at Hell in a Cell or at Money in the Bank next month, instead of like rushing this one of the one of the good people on the SmackDown roster that Roman can face for the Universal Title. Now he's he doesn't have anybody really. Like Cesaro's with Rollins, Big E doesn't have well, momentum. KO's already been done. There's nobody for Roman right now. I I see. Here's the thing: we're assuming there's going to be a Universal Title match at Money in the Bank. There may not be. To be completely true. honest with you, they may just wait and see until uh and. Till whatever his feud is going to get set up uh, with SummerSlam, we're less than what three, four weeks away. We know, if according to reports, there's sm- where there's smoke, there's fire. We know who his opponent at SummerSlam is going to be. It's going to be John Cena. Yeah. So if you can, if you can use Roman Reigns as kind of the central I, I figure, an, I, I have. Yeah. I if have you, an can, idea. all right. It will. Uh, if you what can use Roman Reigns. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go, okay, go. But we interrupt you. Oh, it's no, cool. I, I'm, I'm just saying Rey Mysterio comes to the match, but he can't compete because of the way Roman beat the crap out of him. One of his sons is, and there's not, not going to be a match, but the son said, I'll step in. And because he beats the hell out of him, and then you bring your, you bring your surprise for SummerSlam. You, can, yeah, I, you might bring a John Cena at the, at the very end. Yeah, I think I, I think the central focus of this is going to be the Usos. And like you were talking about, Sid, the central focus is going to be the Usos and Rey Mysterio uh, and Dominic whenever we see Dominic back um, with with kind of Reigns being that central figure, kind of like pulling all the strings and everything. And I think that's how they'll utilize him. And I don't think we'll have a universal title match at, at Money in the Bank. And if we do, the, the opponent is, is probably Cesaro again because I think Cesaro will beat Seth Rollins on Sunday. That match was officially added. Uh, to Hell in a Cell. I think Cesaro beats Seth Rollins. It would be very easy for Cesaro to come in and say, let's do this one more time. I was this close. I just beat Seth Rollins again. Give me my opportunity. It would not be that far-fetched to see Cesaro slide right back in there and get his second opportunity at Money in the Bank. And then here comes John Cena for Roman Reigns after that, if they decide to go that route. That is, that like is a good one. Yeah, that's a, that's a good but what, plan, they, but- what, what they're going to remember... If John Cena does come back, that's what they're going to remember: is John Cena is back. Yeah. Now, if, if he's the only bull, if he's the only bull that can handle Roman Reigns, I think that would get people talking. Yeah. So I you think. can have, you can either have, see, because they're they're going to want something just popped into my head because the first live SmackDown is right before Money in the Bank. So yeah. what if it's Roman Reigns defending the Universal Title on that SmackDown and not at Money in the Bank? He defeats Cesaro, and then to close out the show, da, 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 da. here comes John Cena down to close out the show. The first SmackDown back in front of a live crowd. Where is it, Houston, Texas? That Houston, yeah. Texas blows the roof off the joint. If there is a roof on the joint, here comes John Cena, stare down. It's over. That's how you end it. You go into Money in the Bank. You don't have a universal title on the line because we already know we're set up for SummerSlam. That's how you open up your your. That's how you close out your first show in front of a live audience, in my opinion. Why, why aren't you in Stanford? 
why are you throwing this stuff out here? Hell, we can't do nothing about it. I hope Vince is watching. He said, hey, that guy, he's got some good ideas. Hey. Not you know, people. Hey, Rick. Hook me up. Hey, Rick. I'll send you a resume. Uh, you're, you're the guy that got hired yeah. in one night, Dutch. You you got the you got the, you got I, the I pull. You but, got the pull here. But, but you've never sit in on one of those creative meetings. Of course, I haven't either, but I've sat in on a lot of others. And sometimes you feel like shooting everybody in that room, including yourself. So it sounds good, but I, I I've heard nightmares. It, it, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough work. I, I what don't... didn't you like about? Let, let's go from the top, Sid. Let's go okay. Yeah. So we had started out the night with uh, Rey Mysterio coming down. He cut a really good fired up uh, promo on tonight's main event. And he said that any parent knows how he's feeling right now after Roman uh, powerbomb Dominic to the outside. He said that he got his matchup for tonight, but he wanted Roman to basically accept it to his face, which uh, Roman came down and uh, he was just basically nonchalant. And he noted that he doesn't want to do this, but he knows that uh, Ray doesn't want to be locked in the cell with him. Uh, Reigns doesn't want to hurt Ray, but he has to do what he has to do. And he said what he's going to do to Ray tonight is going to make what he did to Dominic look PG, which was a great line right there. And I thought this was a good opening segment to kind of set things up for later on in the night. What did you think about the promo? This is one of the things that I did see. And uh, when, when Rey Mysterio gets passionate, man, when he's got yeah. that fire, he's very, very believable. Um, the dialogue was was whatever, but he sold it well. You know, he you, yeah. you, you felt like you believed what he was saying. And, yeah, I did agree with him because if somebody chucked my child, I'd be beating some ass, too, or at least wanting to beat some ass. So I, I get it. I get it. I liked it. I liked the opening segment. And then, yeah, I got nothing but weather alerts after that. <laughs> How about you, Dutch? <laughs> so did you did you see any of that? Rick, uh, the uh, I saw the opening segment, so uh, and then we went to commercial break. Then I got my first weather break in. I came back in enough time to see uh, Commander Aziz hit uh, end the match. I saw Sami Zayn celebrating and and kissing a TV screen. Then we went back, and then I saw the last four minutes of the show. Okay, <laughs> that's what I saw tonight. The rest I was following on Twitter. I, I think the opening segment was good. I think he did a good interview. Roman, I think sometimes he no sells it almost to the point of like you, you're not a threat. Yeah. And but they're they, they're getting him over. They're getting him over doing this. And like I said last week, he doesn't really have that strong opponent. So the the stopgap measures, of course, is like we said, Cena, or Lesnar, or a yeah, huge Lesnar, star uh, like that to come in there and. Carry fill in the blanks with those guys, which, and I think the end result of this, of course, is uh, that Roman, about a year from now, will turn, will turn babyface, good guy. Yeah, better have some hellacious heels to do it. And but they're not doing a good that, job building anybody. <laughs> well, well, they have more heels they, than they do babyfaces. It seems like everybody is a damn heel that they kept almost. But none of the heels are over, and none of the heels are a threat to Roman at this point. No one's a threat to Roman at this point. I mean, let, it, let me tell you what I, I, I would want to see right Roman. now is Lashley versus is Roman. I think Lashley's been booked just as strong as Roman Reigns has, and is just as credible as a champion as Roman Reigns is, and they're both heels. So you know, the, who I mean, other than Drew McIntyre, they got the same problem on Raw right now. Once once he's done with Drew McIntyre on Sunday, where are they going with Lashley? 
They got the same damn problem. An old time Booker told me one time, he said, heels draw money. Yeah. If you don't have the heels, you don't have the bad guys, you don't really have a story. And you don't. No heat, I no mean, the guy can. No, if you don't have any heat on a hill, and remember those big monster hills we, they used to bring in, and that's how the territories used to operate. I talked about this last week. Lawler in Memphis for years and years and years, he'd bring a big monster hill in. All the other underneath baby faces, or not main event baby faces, would put the guy over. Then they'd feed him to Lawler, and he'd go through one and two, and I mean, uh, the, the, the hill would. And then they'd finally throw him a lawler for about a month or six weeks. And then if he came in in January and September, almost like this, whoop, time to go. And they'd check out. But in the meantime, they brought another monster hill in about six weeks before the guy left. So they right. just rolled it over like exactly. this. Right, exactly. And, and that's, and that's what they don't dust, do anymore. I don't think you have that many mass, uh, monster hills to do it with. Because True. this 50-50 booking does, doesn't work. Exactly. It's never worked. It's never worked. It never will work. And, I mean, they can do it till the cows come home. But you, you're you not going to see any tangible uh, production from it because it's just it's, it's not interesting. Remember the, the, the old-time heels come in and they were, like, entertaining and, you know, you almost wanted to like them, but you just couldn't. Yeah, that was, right. yeah. That's what that's what they're missing. Kind of like Kevin Owens. Almost like Kevin Owens was that cool heel that you wanted to love, but you loved to hate him. And then when he flipped yeah. to a baby face, you were like, "Oh, awesome! We get to love this guy now." And that's then that's where we are with KO. You want a heel? Yeah, you can hit Kevin Owens back into a heel. I think. Well, wouldn't be I hard. Think it may, may, might, might need to do that because uh, just because well, see some heels some heels. Instead of hating them, people started liking them, and they say, "Well, we got the answer. We'll just turn him babyface." Yep. But they yeah. turn him babyface without anybody to work with. Now he's out there in a nothing happening match against the guy they're trying to they're trying to get over. But it, it that doesn't work either. I've seen it done a thousand times. Well, not that many, but a hundred times. But it's it's and it doesn't work. Is basically what they did with The Undertaker in 1992. Like, he got so over as a monster heel that they just, it was easy for them to turn him into a face when he went against Jake the Snake Roberts at WrestleMania 8. So, it, it, they they don't have monster heels like that, but that kind of segues into the, the next match. But I know, Rick, you, you, wanted, uh, you have the comments here. Yeah, I was going to say, guys, please, feel free to get uh, as many of your comments in. I've been bringing up a few of them. We're also going to have story time with Dutch coming up uh, uh, here a little bit. If you have any questions for Dutch, feel free to bring those in. But Romeo brings up a good point here. Karrion Cross could be brought in as a top heel to face uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, and that topical yeah. because Karrion Cross was spotted backstage at SmackDown this week. Uh, apparently, the report was, I think from PW Insider, that he was working a dark match uh, with uh, the North American champion, uh, who's name, uh, yeah, uh, Bronson Reed. Sorry, I had a brain fart there. So he was working with Bronson Reed. If they're working those dark, if they're working those dark matches at uh, at at SmackDown, somebody's looking at them. Could a call up in their future, maybe. I'm sorry, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why are you doing a dark match in an empty arena when you have a whole bunch of footage on these guys from NXT? Like, what is the point? What is maybe the you point want to do a dark match? You think Vince watches NXT? Come on. 
I don't, not for a second. And I, he, we know for the damn sure he doesn't watch NXT UK because he thinks we're all idiots and we don't know who Piper Niven is. You mean Dude Drop? Uh. <laughs> mm. ah. Birth the Fae 2.0? That's that's basically what they dressed her like, but yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with it's the same thing with General Aziz. Like we didn't know he was Dabakato. It's the same thing with all the members of Retribution. You know who I feel sorry for is the announce team, the announce team who has to look like an idiot every single time these people come out on the screen and go, "Well, who's this guy?" It's Mia Yim. We know who the hell it is. It's Dominic Dijakovic. We, there are literally profiles of these people on the, your own company's website. What are you doing? I feel bad for the commentary team who has to look like complete idiots acting like we I have no one with these people. And why are they? They're like literally, literally screaming. <laughs> and it's an empty arena. I don't, I don't get it. You know, I don't get a lot of things. But talking about Aziz, I think he did pretty good in his first match. Yeah. I think if we talk about a killer heel, I think that might be the guy that they could try it with. I'm they, not gonna say he gets over, but they protected him really, really good up to this point. They, they have a job. How tall is that guy? He's about seven. He's about seven foot tall, he, right? He a big boy. Yeah, he's about six eleven, seven foot. I think they bill him as seven foot, but he might be just a shade under. Uh, he needs some actual wrestling gear because he looked a little hindered tonight in what yeah. I saw from the uh, full military garb. And uh, dude was sweating bullets. Uh, and yeah, I can I can't I can imagine why uh, he was doing that. It just seems weird to have it. The tassels were getting in his way too, and he was just constantly adjusting. He did not look comfortable uh, wrestling he, in that getup. He just needed to take off the jacket. They did a good job of making him look like a monster throughout this matchup. You know, the match was only nine minutes, and he had three great workers around him with Cruz, uh, Sami Zayn, and yeah. Kevin Owens. But he is very green. He's very obviously green, and if you're giving him an outfit that hinders his work even more, I think that's really bad. But it was a pretty, it was a fine tag team match. He got the win with the Nigerian nail and nail after Sami Zayn distracted Kevin Owens, leading to the finish. What did you think about the tag team match, Dutch? Well, again, remember I complained last week. It's the it's the same guys. Yeah, it's the same guy started six weeks ago. And now we're this is six weeks later, or maybe eight weeks later, but it's still the same guys almost in the same spots. And I think yeah. I saw that referee, the woman referee, who did who was she in the ring with tonight? That was, I, I, I swear I thought she was in the ring with the same guys last yeah, week. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Let me ask you this why don't they say referees' names? They don't say their names, do they? Nope. What, no, unless what they screw up name? and then commentary will, uh, Commentary will throw it out there. <laughs> yeah, I got I got a lot of questions coming up. Let let's move to the to the interview. Can I move to this interview with uh, Bianca Belair? Yes, let's talk about that. We okay. had a yeah. I mean, we skip, we skip ahead unless you, unless you oh, want to go in order with it. No, no, we can go but ahead I'm to the Bianca. I'm promo. listening. I'm listening to her interview, and I'm thinking, who in the hell wrote this interview? You can tell. She wouldn't talk like that. No. Because even she tells the story of being the little girl. And the story is good, but she didn't have, you, I just didn't believe it. I didn't buy it. It sounds like almost like, okay, a very heartfelt interview, you know, number one, or real heartfelt interview number two. It didn't have any feeling to it at all. And then she wanted Bailey to come down one time. Of course, Bailey didn't come. 
which actually surprised me. And then she did come and Bailey come down looking like she went shopping at Walmart on Saturday afternoon in those, those blue jeans and jacket. So, but I thought the finish was good, but I did not like uh, Bianca Belair's interview. I mean, it got over according to what you expect from it. Yeah. But yeah. Did you like it? It, it is. It is. Sorry, I said I'll, I'll let you go here a second. It is blatantly obvious that they don't 100% trust Bianca Belair or Rhea Ripley yet. Uh, they put the titles on it because they're both very, very talented in the ring, and it was time for a changing of the guard. But it is very obvious that they don't trust them to talk yet because they give them this generic oat brand promo crap that they have to cut every week ripley's lines have been way worse than bianca's bianca's delivery is a lot better she's able to at least yeah. get whatever crap they're handing her over but they have both been bad and i think it's blatantly obvious they don't trust them on the mic yet and they should because they're so much better than what they give them credit for i think go ahead Steve. and unlike rhea ripley bianca belair has proven when you give her the mic and she has something to talk about that they don't overly script like when she gave her reaction to winning the raw rumble that was one of the best promos i heard from any woman so like she's getting terribly scripted promos like dutch said like last week this week it's the same thing but she at least has the delivery to you know get it over and she she cut she does the promos well but she's getting very badly scripted promos and this one just stood out as being bad because i don't understand why they are having a hell in a cell match on sunday you're you this basically well, the me, whole good no how many hell in the cell matches are there on sunday all of them no, no. Now there's two. Be uh, two. Bailey, Bailey, and now, Hell in the Cell is Hell in the Cell is the name of the event. Yes, but the Hell in the Cell is the match with Roman and whoever, and who's in the. Well, other they did that one tonight. They did that tonight. That's that's not happening on Sunday. Now it's Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre and Bailey and Bianca Belair are the two Hell in a Cell matches. And Bailey and Bianca is literally because. Bailey laughed at her, and that reminded her when she was a kid, and people used to laugh at her, and that's why that promo did not work, and that's why that was a terribly scripted promo because it makes no sense. Like I'm the person that's been pointing out that Roman and Ray, after a three week feud going into Hell in a Cell, didn't make a lot of sense with the fact that Ray has seen his son get beat like a drum with kendo sticks by Seth Rollins. He got beaten to a pulp by Brock Lesnar two years ago in a feud that was basically the same as this one with Roman yeah. Reigns and the Dirty Dogs took him out two on one and tried to injure him before he could win the tag team titles those are three things that are a lot more reason I'm sorry I'm a father Ray as well so I'm sorry those three feuds are a lot more reason for a Hell in a Cell match than Roman Reigns I understand Hell in a Cell gave well, you the opportunity to use weapons on Roman so that was the good part but I, I didn't understand that, but this Bailey and Bianca is just so nonsensical. It, it does not warrant a Hell in a Cell match at all, in my opinion. But, but at the same time, I'm excited because we know Bianca and Bailey inside Hell in a Cell is going to bang. Yeah. So I, I'm 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 cool with it. Like, and I missed most of the build the last three weeks. Of that obviously, I I I'm kind of glad I missed uh, what what happened with them tonight. But yeah, man, I'm I'm. They obviously, they made this match a Hell in a Cell because they wanted a second one on the pay-per-view. Yeah. So that's why this one got put. I think uh, Fightful said that there was talk they were going to put KO and Sammy inside Hell in a Cell. So and that would have warranted it, in my opinion. Because they right. made the least Yeah. 
they've been fighting over each other for 20 years. So, yeah, put put them inside Hell in a Cell. That would have been fine. Uh, but we didn't have a women's match inside Hell in a Cell, so I think obviously that's why they well, uh, made here, that. Well, well, here's my question. Who is Roman uh, working with on Hell in a Cell? He's, he's, not, on the, he's, he's, not, he's there. not on the card. No. They took him off the card and put that match on tonight. So that came off the card. It went on tonight. Yep. So we don't have a Hell in a Cell with Roman on nope. the card. Nope. Damn, I'm confused. Hell, I watched the show, didn't understand it. I, <laughs> it damn, got, I'm, I'm out. I'm out in left field somewhere. I said, "What?" Yeah, I have no idea why they decided to do that. Because I thought I, this, I, from what I saw on Twitter and the the finish, I thought the match looked good enough to be on the pay per view. It's it's all about the NBA playoffs. Fellas. Let me call Vince. The NBA playoffs was on tonight. <laughs> Fox was I'm, talk, I'm talking to Vince right now. Vince, <laughs> what the hell is going? Fox wanted to make sure that SmackDown did $2 million tonight against Game 6 of the NBA playoffs with the Sixers versus the Hawks and Makes the Clippers sense. versus the Jazz. So they said, let's give give us a Hell in a Cell match on this card. And that's why USA was pissed because they was like, you've been giving us three hours of crap for over three months now and we can't get a Hell in a Cell match? <laughs> okay, what is Raw's uh, uh, viewership? They're, They're doing about- anywhere from 1.4 to 1.7 lately. Yeah. And, and SmackDown's hitting the two, two million. And over. They've been hovering right around two, 2.2, 2, something like that. Well, that's like, good. They did 1.96 uh, last week. So I think they wanted to make sure they did over two million against the, you know, when, crucial NBA playoff games. When, when SmackDown first debuted on uh, on Fox, they, they did, they hit four million that first one. And then it, mm-hmm. like, they were in the threes for a while. And now they're down into the low twos. And I think Fox just, they really want to make sure they're getting their bang for their buck. And, you know, we're coming out of the pandemic now. So the empty stadium shows, you know, that's that's not going to be a crutch anymore. You got yeah. your live audience back. Let's see what you can do with this now depleted roster that you have given yourself because you have cut 35 to 40 superstars in the last two years. So here we go. You're going back out on the road now. Let's see what see what happens. Let's see what you do. Help me with this, guys. Yes. With the uh, the profits and uh, Otis. That's not Otis anymore. That is you, Otis is much much better. Yeah, you can you you can look at him and he's got that serious demeanor about him, and now he's not uh, like the the joke and the comic comedy type guy he was before. He's he's getting over. My mat, my question is: Was that a tag match tonight? But uh, Montez Ford couldn't make it. No, it was supposed to be uh, Chad Gable versus and no, it was supposed to be Otis versus Angelo Dawkins, but it winded up being a two-on-one beatdown as Angelo chased around Chad Gable, then he got bum rushed by Otis, and then they they did their tag team finish, which was great. That discus lariat into the German like duplex, that. I love that. I love that, and they this is honestly between this and the New Day versus RK Bro on Raw. This is the most attention and the most build I've seen to two non-title tag team feuds in probably over like two or three years like this i have to give them credit they're really building this alpha alpha academy versus street profits very well well that was actually very good i watched it my question was i mean did it have rules i mean they double teamed him so it was it was was wait a minute why is this not a dq if it's a the bell never rang i didn't hear any oh yeah Boy, I tell you, Sid, that Harvard education did you well. The bell never rang. 
Harvard or Harvard State? Which one is it? <laughs> Harvard, New York. Absolutely. So I'm watching it and I'm saying, did I miss something here? And I actually backed it up and they didn't say anything about it. But so it was supposed to be Otis and the guy. Yeah, Otis and Angelo Dawkins was supposed yep. to be a one on one match. So, and he, he slapped him and they started, the bell never rang, and Dawkins chased him out, and boom, and they just got on him. It wasn't yep. a match, it was okay. a message. That's what yeah. it was. Absolutely. Well, it, it, worked, it, it worked pretty well. It did. So, so what else didn't you like? Well, well we're going to go to something. This is, a, this is a pet peeve of mine, but go ahead and do what you, get your <laughs> thought out there. Well, I was going to say we had the quick segment after the opening uh, tag match where uh, Sami Zayn laughed at Kevin Owens, you know, choking after the Nigerian nail, which led to Kevin Owens, you know, going to Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville and challenging Sami Zayn for Hell in a Cell. So that match was made official. And then we got to go into the match that me and Dutch have been despising for five out of six weeks because this is the fifth match in six weeks. The battle so a, of the crown. I thought, it, I thought it was a. I thought it was a sixth match. <laughs> it's the fifth match. Fifth match in six weeks. They were two two in the previous four matches, but we finally got the battle for the crown. King Corbin versus Shinsuke Nakamura. So Dutch, what was your thoughts on the battle for the crown? I said, thank God, possibly it's over. <laughs> I mean, let me out of my torment. Not me, but I think. I mean, how many times can two guys just ping pong it back and forth? I they did a playoff series. It, they, it's uh, NBA well, playoffs. They did a best of five to well, crown the champ, to crown the king. They did a best of five. It was. They should have just said it was a best of five from the get go, and I think people wouldn't have bitched as much. Yeah, <laughs> I think I so. Who's getting heat? I tell you, who's getting heat is Rick Boone with that guitar he's got. <laughs> God, Not for Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee yeah, is getting yeah, into yeah. it every week. Well, he, he likes it. <laughs> I wish he'd go and hit, hit hit Pat with it or something. But hey, Pat, but the match they had was actually the best match they've had. Nakamura yeah. and uh, and Corbin. It was the best match they've had out of the five. Because and then, it wasn't so, two guess, minutes. What? Uh, so where will Corbin go from here? I don't care oh. because he's not the king anymore, and thank God for that because he's been doing this gimmick for, for two years. They literally put the crown on him, and then he went on like a massive year-long losing streak. It, it literally meant <laughs> nothing. He won it. He wasn't supposed to win it. It was supposed to be Drew. Drew got hurt, so they, they took him out of it. They were going to give Drew the title match after winning King of the Ring, so they just gave Corbin a crown, a scepter, and a chair and not the title match, and just said, all right, you're the king of SmackDown now, but you ain't going to win ever, literally ever. Uh, and he's just fallen to the wayside now. I'm I'm a big fan of, of Baron Corbin, the performer. I, he's got the most dominant moveset in the, in the company. He can be a very believable heel. If I hope they get him off of this chicken crap stuff that he's been doing for a few years and just take him off TV for a while and bring him back as Baron Freaking Corbin in the draft, maybe take him off that long. Give him some time off. Let him grill some steaks like like he likes to put out there on Twitter. Just eat all the meat he wants for the next couple of months. Bring him back in the draft. Bring him back as Baron Corbin, the top heel on what you talk about top heels and needed big bad heels. Baron Corbin can be that guy. I'm so happy the crown is off of him. Let him be him now. Let's take a let's take a poll on that. Sid, do you think he could be the big top killer heel? No. 
Um, I'm sorry, I've never seen a well, great, oh, yeah, I've no, never no, seen okay, a great so. Baron Corbin match. So that's I, I feel like that's in the oh, same. I, I do agree. I do. I do agree. He has a great move set. He has a great look, a great presence. But I've never seen a great Baron Corbin match, in my opinion. So well, I'm not told. Tiebreaker here. I'm agreeing with you, Sid. <laughs> I'm not told. I'm not told uh, this, and even uh, and even what Dutch said with this being the best match Nakamura and Corbin have had together, I felt like it dragged, and it was less than ten minutes. It, it dragged. Dude, they've had him doing chicken crap stuff for two years now. <laughs> no wonder you haven't seen him in a good freaking match. Well, Let's mm-hmm. actually wrestle. No, I followed yeah. him from NXT in 2014. This is seven years I've seen the man, and I've never seen. He's been in the ring with Samoa Joe. He's been in the ring with Finn Balor. He's been in the ring with Roman Reigns. He's been in the ring with Cesaro. He's been in the ring with the best wrestlers in the world, and he's never had a great match. So I'm I, not I disagree with you. I do. Right, I Name one. You. Name one. I mean, my memory's terrible. I couldn't remember <laughs> a specific one. I know I've seen good kid. I I have seen very good Baron Corbin. Matches. I've seen good ones, but not great ones. That's my point. Well, I say give him a shot. The guy knows how to get heat, and as we've explained, say, let's, that's let's very very it. important in this business. I would say, in agreement with you, uh, Rick, give him a push to the airport. <laughs> Tell him to keep going, and say go to the farthest place that you can go, and call us from there. We'll take you. And then we'll say, if you go to California, you can just drive to Orlando. How about that? That's only like 1,500, 1,600 miles. Exactly. Exactly. I do think. But that's what hurts the guy. If you see him so long, that's why the territories used to flourish because that talent was rolling over, rolling over, rolling over. If you kept the same crew, and I don't know why Vince doesn't. Well, he knows this, I'm sure. But I, I don't know why he doesn't try to turn it over like that and keep the fresh crew coming in. All of a sudden, you, you're down and you you hit that, that big killer heel, and all of a sudden, you're up and running. It's, it's that simple, guys. But see, in, in a machine the size of WWE, they book, they got a book three months out. Yeah. And once that thing gets, once that big machine starts, Slowing down, it takes a hell of a joke to get it started again. But in their defense, they have Raw and they have SmackDown. So, and I've never understood the split. I, I've kind of understood it. But then they go back and forth on it all the time, correct or no? Yeah. You know, they it, keep the WWE Raw, Raw roster separate yeah, all the time. So they, no? they have Raw, they have three separate, well, technically four separate rosters if you count NXT and NXT, NXT UK. Uh, but just speaking about Raw and SmackDown, that's what they consider the main roster. And yes, they have separate rosters. But I mean, we got brand to brand invitationals. The women's tag team champions can float back and forth. And thank God they can because they're literally the only women's tag team on the SmackDown roster right now. So they would have nobody to feud with. Um, you know, so they they do things to kind of shake it up every now and again. But yeah, they're supposed to be separate. And when you had a deep roster like you had two years ago, it made a ton of sense. Now all of a sudden you've cut 35, yep, 40 did. people. I'm not so sure it makes a ton of how sense pe- to have a brand split anymore. How many people on the show tonight, you think? 20? Maybe. I didn't yeah, count yeah. them up. So one, the first two, hour three. had nine guys. That, and that's counting uh, Sami Zayn. They had nine guys. Yeah. Let's see. 
Nakamura. About 20. Angelo Dawkins. But Kevin Raw Myers. and SmackDown, years before, they, they would have 30 guys at least. They had about. I, I think it was only 13 or 14 tonight, guys. Yeah, they had about 12 or 13, I was going to say. I kind of don't. Really, tonight? That low? Yeah. yeah. Uh, 15, I forgot uh, Bianca and uh, the Bailey segment. So 15, yeah. 15, 16, something like that on the whole show. Yeah. You had no Lib Morgan tonight, of course. The day, the night I come back, Lib Morgan's not on the show. Uh, no Carmella. Uh, you didn't have the Dirty Dogs on tonight. Uh, there, Yeah, there were a few people who were missing uh, MIA tonight. Yeah, they were missing the Dirty Dogs. They were missing too. Let me ask you something, guys. Maybe it's this is a pet peeve of mine. What did you think of the Cesaro – Rollins interview. I I think that Seth Rollins has been mostly a miss since uh, WrestleMania, but this was better than the last couple of weeks with them, and I I think that it did a good job to set up their matchup at Hell in a Cell, which I don't agree with Rick. I don't think Cesaro is going to win. I think that setup that they did with Cesaro kind of pushing Rollins over and getting the better of him once again, and the the fact that the announcers kind of played up that Cesaro has Seth Rollins' number, and that's why Seth, you know, has attacked him and been getting in his face. I think that's setting up Seth Rollins to get the wind on Sunday against uh, Cesaro. It'd be his first big win in a while because he's pretty much been the last year, 18, pretty much the entire pandemic era, he's just been putting other people over. It will be his first big win since he left for uh, to have his baby. He yeah. hasn't had a big like singles win since he came. Well, he beat Nakamura ahead of uh, WrestleMania, I think, at, uh, I think that was at Fastlane. I think but his last I, – I would count his last huge win as the eye-for-eye eye match. Like that was his like last – Big. Well, he beat Dominic at SummerSlam. Uh, <laughs> he beat a rookie in his first match ever. Is that really a big win? Yes. Yes. I think he would have had more if he lost. I think he disrespected you, Sid. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> he went. Eh. All respect in the world. But but we can I, have differing opinions. It's fine. He's wrong on yeah. King Corbin. It's okay. You know. You. I. I need you or someone in the live chat to name a great King Corbin match, and I will go out of my way to watch it because all I see is people like, "Oh, you. You don't watch NXT. You haven't seen a great King <laughs> Corbin match." And guess what? I've been watching NXT for seven freaking years, and I've never seen a great King Corbin match. The dude spent six months in his first six months in nxt he had what 21 second matches he had a a decent match with samoa joe at the first brooklyn takeover and that's about it like he's never had a great match i need someone to name one and i'll go out my way to watch it and review it next week right here on smack talk <laughs> you know what the the one that comes up to mind and this match gets a bad rap but the the match that uh i think it was extreme rules becky lynch seth rollins king corbin lacey evans that, that wasn't a great match. That was a really, really fun match. I enjoyed the hell out of it, especially the finish. I liked yeah. it a lot. That's the one. That's the first one that comes into mind. I know he had a really good singles match. I wrote about it in my post SmackDown video, but I can't remember who the hell he wrestled, and I can't remember when it happened. But that's just my memory being crap. No, that's the mark you of know, not a great match. <laughs> see, I've never, I've never met uh, King Corbin. Probably a nice guy. Great dude. We actually. used yeah. to have a name. We used to have names for those type matches, and the, and the concession people loved it because we called it intermission match, and we would try to put that match on right after intermission, 
so the people could stay at the concession stand and spend all their money instead of rushing out so they had to get back real quick. But this is what I hate about the interview. Cesaro and Rollins supposedly are hating each other, and they sit them down face-to-face yep. with nobody, with no authority figure between them at all, and have them talk back and forth. And to me, that just breaks the whole aura of it. That's, That's why I like. The I mean, split, I don't like. I like the split cam interviews where you have them in separate rooms, so where the you know, because if they're sitting next to each other, they should get physical with one another if they are in a heated feud like absolutely. And, and Rollins have been. That's a good point. That is a- absolutely. Or take them in. I I still like the announcer in the ring. It's old school, but boxing still does it, and MMA still does it. You know, the announcer in the ring. And two guys. Now maybe you have a couple people standing around in case it gets out of hand. But that, to me, adds a little believability to it. But this, they just sitting there, and after all, especially after what he did last week uh, on the on the on the Bailey, you know, knock knock hello show or whatever, seemed like Cesaro would be a little hot, and so would uh, and, and so would Rollins. But they sit down, and I don't. That's another pet peeve of mine. So if it. But I, I expressed that before when I was in WWE, and they told me, shut the hell up and go out there and do your, do what we tell you to do, and we'll pay you. I said, okay. Because you got to watch what you say backstage because they may actually take you seriously. So, if you, <laughs> and you can't tell the agents because the agents are not going to say anything. But I'm talking too much on the inside stuff here, but that's, that's the way it is. But all in all, I enjoyed this show, and it's not the best show I've seen. But SmackDown has been, I'll have to say, it's been fairly consistent. At least yeah. they've kept the stories together. They've kept Corbin and Nakamura together, you can say that, for five or six weeks. So any, any, any other answers, guys? I would say I would say this week was better better than last week to me. This had less of the repetitive feel of last week, but uh, I, you know we still get the same people in the same feuds. But at least we finish off with Corbin and Nakamura. We built the match for you know Bailey and Bianca and Hell in a Cell. We we set up the matchup between Cesaro and Steph at Hell in a Cell. We set up Zayn and Owens at Hell in a Cell. So this felt like a very good go home show into Hell in a Cell, despite them putting the main event on this show i would have liked to have watched it that's that's about, <laughs> that's about i would have well, liked to have seen more than it, 10 minutes of it if you live out of tornado country you would <laughs> probably have seen it but uh, hey you're you're lucky brother those tornadoes you know and this this is the thing about about tornadoes you're out grilling on a sunday afternoon or a saturday and, and the sun is shining in a beautiful day and all of a sudden 15 minutes later, in comes a tornado, takes a couple of houses away. And then sounds, 10 sounds minutes like after a, that. Sounds like a freight train it, coming it, through. It, yeah, it's sunny and and a great day again. It just comes through and cl- clears it out. Sid One hit about living in New York. You don't have tornadoes in New York, do you? Not really. We have thunderstorms. We have seasons. We have snowstorms, but we don't have yeah, tornadoes, that type of stuff. We have too many big buildings for that, it seems. so. Well, I'm in Florida now, so they have hurricanes. Mm. But, and they still have tornadoes, but not bad ones. 
the tornadoes come up through the Gulf Coast, up through Louisiana and Lower Alabama, and come that way. And they come north. They they come northeast. Yeah. You couldn't, you couldn't pay me to live down there, or in Oklahoma, just because of the weather. You couldn't pay yeah. me to live down there. I mean, we had Hurricane Sandy in 2012, but that's like the most uh, like hurricane wise that has uh, come. I mean, we had another one I think in like 2000. 14 so it was very sporadic with uh, i will never forget the biggest uh hurricane incident we ever got in cincinnati was uh actually the day before i started broadcasting school it was hurricane ike it rolled through while i was at a Bengals titans game and i'll never forget i got a call from my dad and he said hey i need you to come home the roof is blowing off and i'm just sitting there i'm like dad what do you want me to do sit on it what, what am i going to be able to do to help you help you out if the roof is blowing off let it. What, do you, what am I going to do? <laughs> I will never forget that until the day I die. I'll forget about all those good King, uh, Baron Corbin matches, but I'll never forget that. <laughs> you can tell that's You'll more great than Baron Corbin matches. <laughs> hey, back, back in, you know, when they still had territories, I know I'm going back, but they would, they hated to cancel shows. I don't care. A hurricane was coming through. Oh, it'd be okay. Come on, come on. And snows, they don't care about snow. Me and Steve Austin one time, we left from Nashville to go to Memphis. And it was going to, it, it snow was coming to Nashville, and we didn't know it was coming to Memphis too. And it didn't start snowing until we got there, and it came down. And Memphis to get snow, it snows like once a year there. But they canceled the show, and now the roads were freezing. And we drove into the parking lot at seven o'clock. Lawler was there and Lawler was leaving. He said, what are you two goofs doing here? And like, why did y'all come? We said, well, we called to see if it was canceled. And they said it was running. He said, well, it ain't running. So you guys later, and we had to turn right around and go 220 miles on I-40 back to Nashville. We made it about, I don't know, 70 miles from Nashville. And it just locked down. And me and Steve Austin spent that night at the 123 truck stop off I-40 West. And we sit there all night. Of course, there's no trucks coming in, and the interstate just stopped. And I got in that morning about, I don't know, 10 o'clock in the morning. I got back in and did work, slept in the truck stop. And that's one of the things we used to do. So... Boy, a cell phone yeah, what was coming great and handy back then. <laughs> what what year was that? I'm trying to think. We probably had cell phones. I didn't have one. But <laughs> they no, were, we, they stopped were, at, uh, we stopped at the truck stop to use the phone. I remember that now. That's back when pay we phones. In, Did you know what a pay phone is? Yes, yes. I, I, I used to <laughs> I used to pay uh use pay phones to go like on hotlines and stuff when I was a kid. <laughs> What kind of hotlines? <laughs> the, the kind of hotlines his parents didn't need to see on the phone bill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Mean Gene hotline, of course. You know, oh, yeah. obviously. <laughs> so, totally. Did you used to listen minute. to that? Yes, absolutely. Did you say, well, how many hotlines did you listen to? Did you listen uh, to the WCW hotline? Yes, that's that's the one I'm referring to, the Mean Gene uh, okay. WCW uh, 999 hotlines. I used to go on there. I called Miss Cleo once. Wow. <laughs> 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 oh, that now, was you a guys, You guys, 
Let me ask you a, just a random question. If you could come up with any character, any character, heel or babyface, to put on Raw uh, or put on SmackDown, let's say SmackDown, keep it SmackDown, what would you come up with? Hmm. Well, don't uh, rush the answer, guys. Any character, it doesn't matter, like babyface or heel? Doesn't matter. But what does the show need? Hmm. We just talked about it. Yeah, yeah I mean, the show needs baby face. Because they have not, nobody has stepped up into Daniel Bryan's spot yet. Nobody's no. stepped up into there yet. This seems uh, like a perfect Bryan, spot. I, I love the story of Daniel Bryan. Nobody thought he could make it. Yeah. But I thought he could because he's he was believable. But they don't have that same character. In WW, uh, I mean, on SmackDown right now. So if you could come up with a character just right off the top of your head, what would you come up with? I mean, this feels like the perfect spot for uh, Finn Balor to come into uh, SmackDown and fill that role as top babyface and be the prince, the the prince character that he developed in NXT, which was kind of like a tweener in NXT but they can make him into a babyface a babyface again because if you remember his first time on the main roster his first night he beat Roman Reigns one on one after winning a fatal four way earlier in the night so he can come in and he has that you know and it's the the title he's the first ever champion of that Roman told him he, he came in he came good in question, right off the answer, bat good answer he came in right off the bat and won the universal championship right yeah. off the bat i think his biggest problem was is after he got hurt in that match, I think they kind of lost a little faith in him. And then they yeah. leaned on the the demon prince character too much or the demon king character too much. And that's why if they're gonna bring in uh Finn Balor to be like the top guy, look at what he did in NXT and just let him do that on SmackDown. Let him be himself. And I think yes, he could come in as that tweener and still be that baby face and just be that badass that we know Finn Balor could be and step into that role. Absolutely. That's uh, that's a tremendous answer. Let me ask you something, Sid. Is uh, NXT is it produced and the show how long is it? Is it an hour? It's two hours two now. Hours. Two hours on uh, is it produced is it produced like SmackDown similar? No, they're more wrestling heavy. Uh, they go like they'll have like a long opening matchup of like 10 minutes or so or just less than 10 minutes. And then their main events are always usually like 15, 20 minutes long. Like SmackDown, you know, we do have the matches like tonight that are like, you know, 20, 20 or so minutes long on occasion. But we don't consistently have that. We sometimes, you know, close off the show with like a promo or, you know, we have the structure of opening promo and then we get a promo at the end on SmackDown on occasion. With NXT, they always close with like a 15, 20 minute really good main event usually. You just gave me an idea. What what type of match don't you see anymore on a consistent basis? A stipulation. And it's a simple match. Or what do you It's mean? not really a stipulation. It's just, let me say this. When's the last time you saw a two out of three match? Um, On TV, it was NXT. It would be Santos, Santos Exobar versus Kushida. You don't see them very much, though, do you? No. Not well, they, they did those. But, they actually did those a lot, though, when they. Uh, in 2019. 
Yeah, yeah. where they did the uh, we don't want wrestling going on during the commercial break thing. So they did a lot of two out of three fall matches back then. Uh, and they did them like a lot, like impromptu two out of three fall matches a lot because they didn't want wrestling going on during the commercial breaks. But that stopped really quickly and we haven't really seen a whole lot of them since. Well, I think two out of three matches could still because you tell a great story in a two out of three fall match. Yeah. I mean, and you got three separate falls, a lot of things you can do, but you never see them anymore. I mean, I, I used to love two out of three fall matches. Back in the day, now this is even before me, they would go two out of three fall matches. They would have cards in like little territories like Georgia and Tennessee and Alabama and Texas. They'd only have four guys on the card, four, because they'd have two single matches with two guys. I mean, one single match with two guys, another single match with two, of course. And then they would all go back to the dressing room and come out and they'd have a tag match, two out of three with each other. So those guys would wrestle at five falls, and they would probably spend, on average, probably 45 minutes a night in the ring. So they had to be in great shape. But yeah, they were some great yes. matches. Yeah. And, and between falls, they would go back to the dressing room for a little break and come back out. Crazy. You never, would, you never see that now. I would like to see it for, like, a tag team, because I remember back in, like, 2006, 2007, the Briscoes in ROH used to – that used to be, like, their staple. Like, anytime they were in a feud, they would do, like, a two out of three falls match. And I think that WWE does it, you know, whether it's NXT, whether it's Raw or SmackDown, they do the tag team two out of three falls matches very, very well. And someone – like, a team like the Usos, that can become, like, their staple. I do agree that we don't see it enough, and I think, like, it would really – be good for like the usos when they become the tag team champions like it's uso rules two out of three falls that can be like their thing i don't i don't think we get enough inferno matches like personally <laughs> <laughs> inferno oh, for buried lot matches you know that's that that's the stuff i want to see on an every week basis okay here's the question i wanted to throw out and this is my last question yeah. is alistair black returning i don't think so I, I, know there's, I know there's a lot of uh, the reports are there's a lot of executives who are like, why the hell did we cut this guy? Just like a lot of fans are going, why the hell did you cut this guy the week after you brought him back on television? Uh, it's one of the biggest head scratchers I can think yeah. of. But I, um, I think Samoa Joe was a special case because Triple H really wanted to bring him back. Triple H was pissed off reportedly. Again, I don't know firsthand, but he was pissed off that they let him go. And he hopped right on and said, look, I want to carve out a role for you. I don't know if he's doing that for Aleister Black. I think AEW wants him. I think he's going to end up going there. That's I agree. And we've, well, we've already good been for AEW, but they, they can only take so many people. I know. True, but like I just I feel like last week. And they just added Andrade too. Like they yeah. But they got 3 shows a week now that they're trying to fill and they're sure. adding a fourth. They're going to add a fourth here. So yeah. they need bodies. They need body, and they gotta. They do Let have a roster, about but there's a lot of guys who are under like 26, 25, 26 in that range that don't have a lot of TV experience yet that could fill up some of those Monday night and Tuesday night shows. Exactly. And then have the big boys like the Andrades and the Christians and the if you bring in Alistair Black to fill out the rest of your roster and feud with the Cody Rhodes and like that on Dynamite and uh, what's the new Rampage. show going to be called? Rampage. Yeah. So they're gonna they're gonna start doing TV almost every night of the week. Well, they, they do, week, right? 
they're doing their their main TV. They alternate weeks, probably. Their their main TV is going to be Wednesday nights from eight to ten, and then they're going to do Fridays from ten to eleven coming up in August. And then the the Monday and Tuesday shows are on YouTube, so those are more like your old school like Velocity Superstars or Shotgun Saturday Night. Those are more like secondary developmental uh, type programs. There. Mm. They're on YouTube. Uh, we do have uh, one question uh, that was asked repeatedly. Paul really, really wants to know, uh, Dutch, what are your thoughts on Eva Marie's return on Monday? Did you see Eva Marie's return on Monday? I didn't see it on Monday, but Eva, how many returns has she made? This was her this first is appearance. This is her first appearance, technically, in a ring. I don't even know if she got in the ring. Uh, I think she walked around the ring. They did exactly what they did with her five years ago they advertised her for a match and then she didn't wrestle in the match they brought her back and literally she picked up right where she left off doing nothing and instead they brought out <laughs> piper niven who wrestled piper the match niven. for her beat the how hell out piper, of me how was that piper niven girl i like her a lot i think she's, she's really, really good. good um you know she she's she can do incredible things for for a girl her size. She represents big people everywhere. I appreciate that. She represents uh, big people with pride, and I love that about her. Uh, and she's really, really, really good. And if that they used Eva Marie to introduce her, and I think it's great. Eva Marie gave herself the credit for winning the match, even though Piper did literally all the work. Uh, so if they brought back Eva Marie to kind of help put over Piper Niven, I'm for it. Problem I have is, is they like we talked about earlier, they stripped Piper Niven of her identity. And now they're reportedly going to call her Dewdrop, and I'm just—I I don't get it. I just—I just don't get why they do crap like that, man. That's—that's that's my biggest takeaway. If Eva Marie—Eva Marie's going to be there to use her star power to get Piper open, I'm good. But they're calling her Dewdrop reportedly. Dewdrop. They—they filed the trademark for Dewdrop. I love that name. I love that name. No, I don't really. I was going to say, you had me for like a second, and I'm just sitting here like, I quit this show. If you like that name, I quit this show. That's where I was at. Right uh, hey, uh, you know what I'd be looking for right now? What is, okay, I'm going to ask you guys. Where is uh, Awesome Carla, Karma? Where is she now? I believe she's a free agent because she was let, uh, she was released from is, her is, Does contract. she still work? I'm not really. She she was in the Glow series on Netflix, so I think she's more transitioning yeah. into doing a little bit of acting. I don't I don't know if, if she's gonna do any wrestling anytime soon. I love that. I love that girl. I had her in TNA, and I brought her in and got her over like the Abdullah the Butcher, Monster Heel. Oh man, she was hot. Dutch, have you ever and watched? We were doing it in Orlando. Do what now? Have I ever watched what? I was gonna say, have you ever watched Glow, the show on Netflix? I watched it first season. I did watch it the first season. I was gonna say, because she did a I fantastic job season, in that show. I, she did. She killed it in that show. The welfare. Well, she, she was great. Yeah. Welfare. She was great. Yeah. yeah, she was great. Said said she hated the role, but she went and did it. And did it well. What wasn't her son in that too? Or no? I, I believe she I believe so. series at all. I believe so. She did anyway, have, she had a son in the in the show. I don't know if that was her real life son. Yeah, they had a they had a lot of uh a lot of wrestlers in that show. I think John Morrison was in there for a few episodes and Bravo, uh, Carlito. Carlito was in there, yeah. yeah they were they were in it. But hey, 
I would see what Karma is doing or Awesome Kong, and if nothing else, run her against that Piper Niven. One one series and let it go. I think you I think you get a, a reaction out of it. You know what I think. What I want to see if if they if they don't do that, and I think this is highly more likely, I'm finally happy that we have somebody who's very comparable to Nia Jax now. I want to see Piper Niven and Nia Jax square off and see what they I think I think Nia is excited because Nia's entire career, except when she's faced off with Tamina, has been, well, it's smaller girl against me. So it's pretty much there's only so many times you can do that type of match before it gets old. Now she finally has somebody who stacks up with her, who she can stand toe to toe with. That's what I want to see mm-hmm. is versus uh or excuse me, do drop uh versus Nia Jax. That's what I want to see out of that. Uh, so you've already got your head. You've already got your headset that you're just totally against the name Dewdrop. I am. Yes. Yeah. I think it's dumb. You see, you, you're borrowing, Rick. You're borrowing trouble. Just let it go. <laughs> She's Dewdrop from now on out. And I think it's a cute Dewdrop. thing myself, really. Dewdrop. Uh, all right, Dutch. We uh, we've we've gotten a few uh, a few little stories from you. Did you did you have anything else? Did you have any uh, big story you wanted to hang on us? Any news uh, you wanted to drop on us this week? Well, I had one. I forgot it. I can't remember what it is. I was I was, I was thinking a while ago. I said I have this story I wanted to tell, and blah blah blah, and then it it, it escaped me. So anyway, it escaped, have, it escaped his mind just like all those good Baron Corbin matches escaped mine. No, <laughs> oh, I was. Yeah. I was about to say, I have a hot take. Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey is better than any Baron Corbin match I've ever seen. <laughs> That's my hot take to end this it show. Actually sounds, it actually sounds better. It, it was. Than even actually seeing the match, yeah. It was. It Ronda is. versus Nia Jax was great. I never could say that about a Baron Corbin match. And I've yet to see one in the live chat or from our esteemed host here, Rick Utina. I'm telling you, I just got to remember what the hell, that, who, who we fought that one time. I'm going to go back in my, in, my, in my files and look that one up because I marked it down. I marked it down. I'm telling you, though, seriously, I have a horrible memory. I have to double check everything before i say anything because i have a terrible memory so that's 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 on me that's not on baron corbin he needs a better advocate than me that's for sure <laughs> yeah, do you want to close this out right. <laughs> yes yes dutch, uh, out, <laughs> dutch yes, you, you want to tell them where they can uh, find you on social media or and you want to plug you can your find book. me on uh uh you can find my books on amazon it's uh tales from a dirt road by Dutch Van Tail, and uh, The World According to Dutch. I think every first-year wrestling student or first-year fan, or if you're a fan of wrestling, you need to read the books. Uh, the stories from the road that you may not ever hear, they're all true. I just protected some people's worst aspects of their personality. I didn't out anybody. Nobody's a drunk. and Nobody's a drug addict. Nobody's this, that, and the other. It was pretty clean, but it's a good book, great reading. Steve Austin told me he read it in one night. He couldn't put it down. He said he he's never done a wrestling book like that. So, but it's it's. And Cornette told me he said your book sounds reads just like you talk, because that's the way I wrote it. So, but you can find them on Amazon. You can find me uh, if you want to send me an email. I answer most of them. Uh, Dirty. Dutch Mantel at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Dirty D Mantel on Twitter. 
And on Instagram, I'm Dirty Dustman One, but I haven't been on Instagram much anymore. So and that's where you can find me. And Rick, you got a great interview and Inside the Cradle podcast you want to tell them about? Yeah, uh, Inside the Cradle episode seven. Thank you, by the way, Sid, for filling in the uh, last two weeks while I was on the road. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we got that out. We kind of preview Hell in a Cell or, well, we previewed what we thought was Hell in a Cell. And of course, like five minutes after we recorded the episode, they've, they've moved this match and now they've added some matches. So that part of it is a little out there, but you'll hear a little bit of my conversation with the all mighty wwe champion bobby lashley there if you want to check out the entire interview parts one and two are up on the sports keto wrestling youtube channel make sure to go there subscribe turn on the notifications because i'm cranking out these interviews every single week i got another one coming up on monday with frankie monet which i'm really really excited about uh so uh, again subscribe to the sports keto wrestling youtube channel like us on facebook chances are if you're watching us here already we appreciate you you've subscribed if you're just Tune it in to us. If you just caught us by accident, subscribe because I got good stuff coming out every week. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Rick Uccino. I'm closing in on my yearly goal, guys. Please just keep them coming. I'm closing in on it. Appreciate it. And we're closing in on 18K right here on the Sportita YouTube channel. You could check out me and Andrew Thompson of Post Wrestling with the Hell in a Cell 2021 preview and predictions that was out earlier today. We talked about the four-match card. We didn't talk about the <laughs> matches that we made on tonight's show, but we you, talked about a whole lot of stuff. You knew they were adding matches because the four-match card was three women's matches and then the Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. You knew they were going to add that. They were going to add some men's matches to that card. We did predict Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. So check that out for show. Good stuff there. And then you can see me on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. We go live tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern time, uh, 2 p.m. for you folks in the UK. And we're going to have a live call in. So for anyone who joins us in the live chat, we're going to post the link and you can join us on camera on True Hill Heat 130. So like this video, share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family. Comment down below in the comments comment section if you're watching us on demand for rick uccino for the living legend himself dutch mantel it is me it is me your true hill phenom sp3 this has been smack talk we are signing off until next week y'all peace